G'day teabaggers, it's your old mate Ando here with a phonus episode, and the reason this is a phonus episode is because I'm a fucking moron. Um, <clears throat> I did that thing where I have been using my uh, uh, machine to my uh, Zoom to record all my shows uh, during the Fringe, and when I interviewed uh, Adam, sometimes what happens is when I plug in the microphones, it goes on to microphones, and sometimes it still just records how I had it for my show, and I didn't turn it over. So Adam and I are talking into microphones, uh, but they're not recording. So often we lean way back, and at one stage I drop the machine, and there's clinking of glasses. It's really funny. It's a funny episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, but the sound is like old-school tofop shitty sound. So uh, I apologize for that. Here's a bonus episode with the uh, fabulous... Well, he's not the fabulous Adam Richard anymore. He was the fabulous. The formerly. The artist formerly known as the fabulous Adam Richard. Uh, who is just the Adam Richard, my dear friend, and uh, it's his first time on the podcast, and I fucked up the sound, so there you go. Have a listen. Cheers. The following episode of Fofop is classified M.A. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen-shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Topop. Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop, I'm Will Anderson and uh, guest Charlie Clawson for the first time. I can't believe this, this is weird that you've never been on the podcast but we've just never been in the same place. No. It's Adam Richard. Hello. Hello. I feel special being Charlie. Right. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice to have you being Charlie. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it's nice to have you on one of my podcasts. <laughs> Seeing that I often feel like that I'm in your podcast. Well, sometimes you invade them even when you're not meant to be there. <laughs> right. Well, sometimes I come up. I, I want to yeah. chip in. Yeah. Often I'll be listening to them and want to text you. Heckling us. Like live tweet your podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're in Adelaide. Um, you've just been doing shows in Adelaide. Yeah. This is the first time you've done... Uh, Stand-up shows for a long time, right? Well, yeah, I've been doing, I've been doing stand-up. Well, you've been doing stand-up, but, but like, I've done a show show. Yeah. Show show. Show show. I've been doing my gay apocalypse. Yeah. Which um yeah, so much fun. I kind of I, I forgot how much fun it was to stay up late at night. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> people might not know this, but you have done breakfast radio for how many years? Would, were you getting up early doing the breakfast radio? Ten years. Yeah, and like breakfast radio is just not good for doing late night time shows. No, I, I, last time I did a, a stand up show was in I think two thousand and seven, maybe. Right. And I would sleep for four hours in the afternoon and go and do the show, and then sleep for four hours at night time, and then go to work, and then sleep. Right. So you were essentially just sleeping, awaking to entertain, and yes. then going back to bed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you were like an entertainment vampire. <laughs> You were like, I will sleep, I will suck laughs out of people, and then I will go back to sleep. And I, I don't even really remember the shows. All I remember is the sleep. Right. Like, I think it was Stubbsy once said, Richard Stubbs said, that breakfast radio people talk about sleep the way normal people talk about sex. Oh, it's so true, though. Like, when do you do it? How yeah. do you fit it in? Really? Six hours? Yeah. No. How do, you get, how do you get... Do you get into it really quickly? Like, oh, 
man, I used to say, and, uh, it's come up on this podcast before, but I used to say that when I was doing breakfast radio, there was a period of time during the day. For me, it was about like one o'clock in the afternoon to two o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. where I could have been talking to Nelson Mandela, and yeah. I'd be like, you are the greatest person of our generation. You have done so many great things for this world. Your capacity for forgiveness is unparalleled in this modern world. But if I stabbed you to death right now, I could sleep on your warm corpse. <laughs> I want a long sleep to freedom. That's what I want, Nelson. (laughs) It's true. Like, I don't know how you did it because you were really young when you did it. And you were. That's how I did it. You were partying a lot. (laughs) You were like, you'd just go straight to work. I look back on those days and think, what the fuck was I doing? What were you doing? Oh, I don't know. I was having a good time. I was having a really good time. I made it through. We can laugh about it now. I remember during the Olympics, you oh you said come and do the show, and I was like, okay. And then because I'd been staying with you, and you were like, yeah, I don't know if Adam's coming in. He didn't come home last night. I was like, yeah, I just rocked up straight from wherever I was. I'm like, hey, yeah, six I mean, o'clock. This is fun. The amount of times that we would go in straight from a night out and do that radio show, like, and we're lucky they didn't have a breathalyzer to start the studio. Like if they had one of those. Locks like they have on steering wheels yeah. for drunk drivers. <laughs> they wouldn't let us into the studio unless we could pass the breathalyzer. But we we would have done a lot less shows. <laughs> you would have done like as many as Kyle does now. Yeah, man. I remember. I remember the first time we did the Glass House. Um, oh god. Uh, so I think we got thirteen episodes. Was initially we ended up doing like two hundred and sixteen episodes or something of that yeah. show. But it was very much. And you're kind of in the middle of this sort of thing at the moment with Spicks and Specs, and we'll get to that. But you're in that thing where a lot of people probably don't realise that you know even when they say Spicks and Specs is coming back, yeah, they're not coming back. They're not saying you're coming back for forty episodes all year guaranteed. No, they we commission- have ten. Right, they give you ten, <laughs> and then if it's going well, maybe through there they'll give you another ten or another six yeah. or another like that's how it works. Yeah. So we did two hundred and sixteen episodes of the Glass House. I don't think we ever got more than 20 guaranteed in a row. So no. in that entire time, it was always, this could be the last season. This you, could be the last and season. And also, you have that, there's that weird thing at the ABC where you'll make a show and you're not even convinced they're going to put it on. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> like when I made Outland, there was like, no. they were like, yeah, 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 it'll be on next year. It's like, mm. oh, we're thinking next year, next year. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, just you're just going to show it on IV one night when no one's watching. Right. <laughs> just don't tell anyone about it. Shush, there it's on. They have an interesting <laughs> way of programming things. I know. They often show my DVD. I've complained about this before on here, but they show my DVD. I'm thinking about doing a new DVD this year, just yeah. so they'll stop showing that old fucking shit DVD that I hate. And they always do it on Christmas Eve without telling me. Why? Like to ape, I think they don't tell me because... I, I, they know I hate it. it. Like I would actually buy it back for them. Just so they, I don't like to wake up on Christmas Day with angry ABC viewers because it wasn't made to be shown on, on the TV. ABC. No. It was a live stand-up DVD yeah. that I did five, six years ago when I wasn't as good a comedian. Is that one of those warehouse ones? No, no, oh, it was at the Opera House. Right. But it was like it's literally five shows ago from me. So oh like you know it's. It's horrible to watch myself, like, even do... Like, I'm still using a headset microphone like I'm fucking Madonna. <laughs> like, this fucking kid in, like, these long sleeves and this, like, shirt with a dot on it, like, roving around the stage like I'm doing some sort of fucking Anthony uh, fucking Robbins motivational speaking thing. So you're running around that giant stage of oh, the house. it's fucking embarrassing. Doing I hate it. <laughs> And then people on Christmas Day, I get all these fucking Facebook messages from people going, you've ruined Christmas. 
I, oh my god, you should have seen our Christmas Day, our Spicks and Spicks, because we hadn't been on telly yet. Right. And th- we made some some stupid, you know, they, they like to call it the viral marketing. Oh yeah. Where you got, where we just made a video saying, oh, Merry Christmas from the new team at Spicks and Spicks. Yeah. It's just a quick five second thing. Uh-huh. And then there were thousands of people on Christmas Day telling us how awful we were for ruining their favourite show. Oh my God. <laughs> like, what are you people doing? Right. Cook the turkey. Get away from the computer. All right, but here's the other thing. Like, and I know this has come up on other podca- podcasts, yeah. but fucking here it is. Let's just say this out loud. The other dudes yeah. don't want to do the show anymore. No, and also... Like, it's not like you guys came in and took their jobs. No, they've they been left. gone for two years. They've been gone for two years. <laughs> they've moved on. They're all doing other things. Hillsy's barely coming back to Australia I these know. days. He's fine. <laughs> He's very fine. It's okay. And they even put his show an hour after hours, just so people can go, oh, yeah, no, Hillsy's still alive. What? Everything's good. Yeah. <laughs> But secondly, you're not taping over the old shows. No. It's like how people... And they're still on five days a week on the other channel. It's like how people thought that um, I was going to be mad about the Ben Affleck Batman thing. And I'm like, well, (laughs) hey, what sort of unreasonable fucking 40-year-old man am I if I'm going to get angry about that when half the world fucking starves? B, unless they tell me they're taping over the Christopher Nolan movies to make the new ones, I'm fine. I'll just watch The Dark Knight Rises again for the 40th time. Exactly. They haven't done that since the 60s. Right. You know, they taped over a lot of Doctor Who. I know, yeah. (laughs) I mean, at the ABC, they did tape over a lot of things. (laughs) It wouldn't surprise me if they did that. (laughs) I love it when we're recording Gruen. There's always one point where we're like, we've got to change tape. And I'm like, are we still using tape? (laughs) It feels like you should just be shooting this shit on your phones now. Or is it, do they say we've got to change tape in that way that, like... When you do layout of pipe, it's called kerning and leading. Right, yeah, yeah. Which is old, from the old, when there were bits of wood with letters on them. Oh, you know, I think that that's still the term, but I still think in the ABC they're changing time. They probably are. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the first time we did Glass House, we had got 13 episodes. It was the first time I'd ever hosted my own Mm. TV show. And I'm like, you know, 25, 26, and I was doing breakfast at Triple J, and we finished taping on a Thursday night, I think. So I had to go in and do the radio the next day and we like had been out and out partying hard yeah. in the cross like afterwards. You and, wanna celebrate that show. Oh man, I I just remember like I got into work and like the whole show, <laughs> I was just like, what, what am I doing? Why am I here? <laughs> but you had the spence, he can talk under water about the marbles. No, we were <laughs> We were fine together. There was yeah. like, we kind of had an agreement that like, you know, because we both had our times where, yes. you know, one had to carry the other, yeah. you know, neither of us were looking at each other going, what about that one time when there was only one set of footprints in the sand? <laughs> That's when I carried you, Will. Oh yeah, I forgot. That's right. That was the night after Glass House. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Spence. <laughs> I got you after Splendor. It's all good. We'll be fine, buddy. It is, yeah, breakfast radio is because it's not the the mornings are fine. Uh-huh. I didn't have trouble with getting up because it's like ripping off a band aid. Oh yeah, yeah, you just go. Oh yeah, I'm awake. I'm doing it. Actually, it something is... quite nice about being up and about at that yeah. time of the morning. And you get so much done, and no one fucking rings you. Right, like the and phone you get to work go. quickly. Like because yeah. there's no one on the roads, and you like, get you're to in jokes there. before anyone else. You're in this little. <laughs> you're seeing the world before everybody yeah, else yeah, does. Yeah. You get into a studio. There's some papers. At some stage, someone will like you can make yourself a cup of tea. But at some stage, maybe someone will get you. Yeah. A nice cup of coffee, and you're just talking shit in the morning. Yeah, that bit of it—that's quite nice. Great. 
Yeah, no, that's the best bit. It's just that it was the one, two o'clock in the afternoon, like you yeah. say, with wanting to stab Nelson Mandela. Like you, just, you just terrible. And wherever you, it's like having jet lag all the time. Like wherever you are, anywhere in the world, you could be driving your car, watching a movie. You're just about two o'clock in the afternoon. And go, oh nah, it's I'm I'm going. I think that's I'm why I'm so. I think that's why I'm so good with jet lag now because I really these days don't even allow to like I came back to Australia and was doing a show that night yeah. the day I got back and I think it's because I did breakfast radio yeah. and I'm like fuck you Jet Lag you've got nothing on breakfast radio Jet Lag is easy to deal with compared to breaking and it sounds like a weird thing to complain about and it is a weird thing to complain about but having a job, having a job <laughs> right for a, a well made <laughs> job uh, this is not complaining and lots of people get up at that time of the day mm. but the reason I think that it's so it feels like jet lag is so much is it not, it's not that you're up at that point of the day no it's no. that the peak of your performance yeah. like where you have to be doing your job you have to be up you have to be vibey like yeah. if I do double shows at a festival or whatever I like them to be close to each other because if I get too much adrenaline down oh, it's very hard to get it up again for the next crash, one crash that's what you get you get the crash in the middle of the day from the fact that you were performing between 6 and 9 yeah. in the morning and I think that's why it's so hard to do it at night because you only have a certain amount of that in you so you can't go to a gig and give it your all at a gig because then when you wake up, you don't have it to do again in the, no. in the morning. That's why I had to sleep in the afternoon. I mean, so I saw when you... I woke up, I'd go, oh, I can go in and do a gig now. Right. I'm awake. I saw Husey uh, the other night yeah, doing gigs. Yeah. Fuck. It's like he's in his own booper ad. <laughs> He's met the much healthier, smilier version of himself. It is weird. Like I look He at, looks amazing. I look in the mirror and I don't recognise me. I yeah. look in the mirror and go, who are you? Right. Who are you with the no-eye bags? Yeah. Who are you who looks vaguely awake? Who, who are you who isn't snapping at people for <laughs> things that you do yourself every day? <laughs> hurry up, hurry up! <laughs> who is this guy who isn't crying at some remark an 11-year-old made on Twitter? <laughs> Who is, who is this person that, that is patient? Right. I'm really patient now. Yeah. It's nice, though. Yeah. Time, I think, in particular, it leads to... I was thinking about this recently. I, I realise that I'm at my worst, my most frustrated when I'm uh, in a rush to anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when I feel like I'm going to be late or if I'm, you know... And so what I've done... You start to panic. You're yeah. going, oh, I've got to... I just don't want to let people down. Right. And I start to get unreasonable in a way that I wouldn't... Un- you know, like yeah. when you're walking down the street, you're like, why are you all walking so slow? They're not. They're walking at their normal pace. You're running late. <laughs> you're the angry one. They're not the... You know, the shit that would Your normally not... Your legs are bigger than theirs. Right. <laughs> and I... So what I've started to try to do is just leave at least five minutes earlier to everywhere yeah. than what I think. Now, sometimes that means that I arrive somewhere a bit early. Mm-hmm. Here's what you do when you arrive somewhere a bit early. Get a cup of coffee, reward yourself. Yeah. Have a moment. Think. I, I turn up to Spicks and Specs an hour early pretty much every every week because I live on miles on the other side of town. Someone said the other day, is it filmed in Sydney? And I'm like, I wish it was in a way because be the closer. airport is closer to right. my house yeah. than Elstonwick. <laughs> right. But I, yeah, so I, I have to drive down Punt Road, which it, if you live in Melbourne is... A weird time vacuum. Like right. it can take ten minutes, yeah, or it can take two hours. Yeah, it's like, like it's like a, uh, it's like pretty much every road in LA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I would, yeah. So I get, I often get there. It's about, the LA end of Melbourne. That's yeah. what they should call it. Hunt Road, the LA end of Melbourne. So I, I have to like, I have to leave. I have to give myself like an hour to an right. hour and a half. But then get if there. you get the quick run through yeah sometimes you early. get the slipstream and I'm there like um yeah hi yeah I know the makeup girls aren't here yet I'm just gonna sit here and 
I don't mind that though. Play on my iPad. I'll take like, yeah, I'll take my book with me or whatever. It's a nice chance to catch up. And it's made me a heaps nicer person. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I just noticed it's taken a whole heap of stress out of my life. Just leave a little bit earlier. Yeah. So there you go, kids. There Thanks you go. for joining me. Yeah, there you go. You learned something. The moral take that with story. you. I could have put that in a book and charged $25 for that. Just on one page. Yeah. <laughs> what are those little tiny books you buy at the counter when you're leaving the bookshop? I do 95 pictures. Not just 95 pictures selfies that I've taken of myself getting to places early pointing at a clock holding a coffee right. reading my book early again thumbs up how to de-stress your life it's Will Anderson um, I, this is uh, funny I love your laugh I'm such a big fan of your laugh I, it's always so delightful to hear it um, you were on a podcast recently I think I might have been Steel Saunders podcast oh, yeah. I love Green Guy Letters and this dude on Twitter speaking of getting unnecessarily oh, yes. angry at somebody has like I retweeted that it was like the podcast was like you know chock full of laughs yeah. and this like the person's like I don't like podcasts where people laugh I know. so That's I blocked so them weird. even though even though it had nothing to do with me I was like fuck you fuck you person who doesn't like laughter in the world no he kept, he decided that was some um, you know because I'd retweeted it as a joke, uh-huh. going, oh, you're going to yeah. hate this week's episode of Spicks and Specs. Because it was the one with um, Luke McGregor was on. Oh, and I great. find McGregor hysterically funny. He is hysterically funny. I I'm cannot. very excited to say that, and uh, along with um, yourself, that he'll be doing uh, the Fan Fiction Comedy Show yeah, yeah, at yeah. the Melbourne International Comedy Festival this I'm year. Excited I'm about excited that. about that. <laughs> but yeah, McGregor... Like the first episode of Specs and Specs that he did, I there was a moment where I was doubled over with laughter. It was about four, like on on TV, it was only about thirty seconds, maybe fifty seconds, but on in the studio, it went for about five minutes of him not knowing a song and almost getting it, and then going, oh no, nah, oh oh yeah. <laughs> No, 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 that's not it. <laughs> For ages, <laughs> that whole Luke McGregor madness. That's what they should do. See, that's what I'd love to see online do better in the future, mm. is those moments where I understand that that five minutes is not for everyone. Yes. But I reckon there would be some people who'd love to see the five minute cut of that and we, they should be able to like put it online or there should be able to be a button you push like you know in that moment we yeah. go if you want to see the five minute version of this the director's cut. Yeah. We did that we did that with this week's episode. There was uh, we had Ricky Lee Coulter on uh-huh. and she when she was doing Substitute she which is where you know you sing the book you sing a song. Right. So explain it for people who like have never seen the show. You before. sing. You you have to sing a song and read from a book that is yes. given to you, and uh, often usually something ridiculous like how to make paper planes. And so you're singing the the. You're <laughs> singing the lyrics from the book, the book to the tune, the melody from the song. Yeah, and, and so trying the, to get the team to identify yeah, what the song is. We have to guess what the song is. Yeah, and so <laughs> Ricky Lee was singing. I think it might have been an Adele song, like um, so. I really like she was belting out this ballad, uh-huh. <laughs> reading this book of how to be a proper woman in the fifties. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and at one point she lost her way a bit, and and she dropped the f bomb, and there were like a couple of school kids in the front row. <laughs> so when it went to air, right. it just was this seamless moment where she yeah. sang the song beautifully and it was great but online now you can watch the entire cut of Ricky Lee dropping the F-bomb Tom Gleason running with it like no one's business <laughs> <laughs> everyone just throwing swear words all around the place <laughs> I 
well, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like Spicks and Specs uncut. I know. I like dirty Spicks and Specs on the YouTube. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a it's a pretty big thing to um, uh, step into other people's shoes, and I know mm-hmm. that. So that's why I said before, like that thing of going, hey. The other people didn't want to do it anymore. No. And I don't think people get that. It's so weird when you're... Like, people, I think, in the public eye take themselves so seriously all oh, the time. Yeah. And they think everybody's watching every move you ever do. <laughs> but I always say this to people. It's like, I'm as well-known a comedian as there is in Australia. And most people think I'm Adam Hills. <laughs> people don't... People don't give a shit about our industry. They don't give a shit about us. They're not following it closely. They're not going to remember something you said seven years ago. Well, oh, you're making a different point now. People don't care. We're we're dancing monkeys and they barely fucking pay attention to it, right? I think there's also the assumption that, you know, why wouldn't they want to do it? Yeah. Because if I want to watch up it every forever, week, right. <laughs> and for seven years, why why would they want to stop? No, no, but I think people do. I mean, it's a very nice sign of a show. Yeah, but like I, I find that weird with Gruen because people will always ask me when is Gruen coming back? Not is Gruen coming back? Yeah, like which always like I'm like you know that. Not only is it none of our first jobs. No. Like, even when we first started it, it was none of our first jobs. Since we started it, two of the main dudes who are involved in the show are now running TV networks. Yes. <laughs> like, one of the other guys has his own TV show. Yes. One's running Channel 10 in Melbourne. And John Casimir, who's my writing partner and the producer and the creator of the show, just got the head of entertainment job at the ABC. He's my new boss. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you won't have time to do my panel show. <laughs> But he's running an entire network. He's going to need a very, very good second in command. Right. <laughs> For those six weeks that he has to run Gruen. <laughs> that's the other thing. Like, you, you know, people think, oh, yeah, they must. That's all they do all year. It's like, you know, Gruen's off for, what, six, maybe eight weeks of the year? Yeah. So There's like 52 yeah. weeks in the year. Right. At the most, we'll, yeah. At the most, yourself. we'll do like 10 weeks or yeah. whatever, right? So it's <laughs> totally, yeah. And it's ABC. It's yeah. not like Is it you like do it? three three months of the ABC and you're like, well, I'll see you. I'll be in Tahiti for the rest of the nine months. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like, I know someone was saying, oh, you must be loving doing Speaks and Specs. I'm like, look, I love it. The job is amazing. Yeah. But I did spend 10 years doing Breakfast Radio. Right. And I feel like now I'm on a work for the doll scheme where I get to hang out with Susie Quattro. Right. Because <laughs> like, it's like I'm earning back all the tax I've paid over the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you can say, at least when someone says, this is a waste of my taxpayers' dollars. And you're like, like what my taxpayers' dollars. I'm wasting my own taxpayers' dollars here. I've paid a, I've paid a lot tax. of tax. <laughs> That's what I always think. I've paid much more tax than I've earned from the ABC. Exactly. I feel like it evens out somewhere. It's a sort of financial The rest karma. of the year I have to go and do my real job yeah. so I can pay my taxes so we can actually support this fucking program I do for three months. That's how it works. It's true. Um, uh, is it a change? Like, Because it's a very... The weird thing is, you've probably done things that have, you know, been more successful. You had your mm. own show, you know, that yeah. you wrote and created. Like, but Spicks and Specs is so beloved. Yeah. To the it's like people think they have an ownership of it. I think yeah, it's yeah, a very yeah. different thing to be stepping into. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a huge. Well, I you know, I think it was a huge responsibility. Just because whenever you would be a guest on that show, you always felt so welcome. Right. And you felt like you were the star of the show. Like that was the sort of attitude that that they had was, you know, if you went on as a comedian, you were there to provide jokes yep. and 
if you go if you go on as a music star, you're there to provide you know the star power and fascinating stories about your musical life. So yeah, being the team captain, I feel like my job is simply to make those people feel like they're the stars. Right. To you know to kind of pay forward that that spirit of generosity that came from Miff and from Alan and from Adam. That you know they. You always felt like you were special when you went on that show. That you know, that's a really nice way of looking at it because it would be very tempting, I imagine, particularly when you're. And this is part of the way that people misunderstand these shows, yeah. particularly at the start. Yeah, is if you were all trying too hard to be oh. too funny or too much to <laughs> yeah. prove that you deserve the jobs, mm. you wouldn't be doing the job that you've got to do for the show to yeah. succeed. But that's a really hard thing. Like, people at home don't look at it like that. They no. just go, well, he wasn't that funny tonight, was he? Or whatever, you know. <laughs> I'm not meant to be funny. Right. I'm meant to be funny if no one else has yeah. been funny. Right. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm like, yeah, I'm you're like in the, the wicked keeper of funny. Right, you're in the... In, oh, yeah, that's right. If there's been a top order collapse, <laughs> you've got to be able to come in. Yeah. And either shore up the batting lineup, yes. or if it's been going well, your job's just the slog to put yeah. on some quick runs at yeah. the end. <laughs> There to catch the fun that goes wrong. <laughs> oh my god, that's good. We haven't had a good cricket analogy in the show, mate. I know from me. I know, of all, of all people. I never would have guessed. I'm so. Um, I don't know if you're like this. I don't know if you have anything in your life that. Uh, okay, I'll just explain what I mean by this, which is I've been surprised to realise how much of my happiness mm. on a day to day level can be affected by how well Australia is doing at cricket. <laughs> like, I've been in such a good mood the last three months, and I, I at least 50% of it is that we've been just awesome at cricket again. Yeah. And every day when I get up and I can read about it, and go, oh, this is fucking great. The other night, after my opening night, I came home and I posted something online and one of, uh, you know, uh, anyway, one, somebody said, oh, I saw that you weren't coming out because you were posting cricket articles from nine months ago <laughs> where people had made bad predictions about what was going to happen over the summer. And then, like, I was already down a rabbit hole when you get to, like, nine months ago articles. <laughs> but I'm so excited. It makes me so happy. I don't know why, but it's, like, it's, it makes me it happy. Because you since you were a little kid. I guess so. I guess that's what like I guess. Like, it's, a, you know, you play cricket, you watch cricket, it's a bit part of your life your entire life i know but i'm i'm an adult now it shouldn't really make me happy no. that some guys but it does Thing, things from when you're a little kid really do like make they excite you as right. an adult because you're like it you get that kind of crazy joy that you that you kind of don't have as an adult very often yeah you know that demented childish glee that you just go oh my god right. i'm going to a party <laughs> You know, you see kids and they twitch with right. excitement because they're like, oh my God, this thing's happening. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. That's how I feel like when I watch Doctor Who. But <laughs> Is that still... Uh, so how excited are you about the new Doctor? Uh, Tell me how you're feeling about that. I get, it's, it's, this is a weird thing because this is like a, a whole theme in my show, which is about change. Mm. And when you watch Doctor Who, you go through change a lot. Right. And also, you know, because I'm experiencing it currently with Spicks and Specs and a lot of people are really resistant to that change. Right. Um, oh, right. You guys are the new doctors? <laughs> yes. Oh, I didn't even think of it's that. It's weird. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like being a it's Doctor a, Who. Oh, my God. <laughs> people is. love it. Some people are really excited and other people are like, like, I'm never no, going to be the old one. I won't be as good as Tom Baker. <laughs> <laughs> 40 years ago. 
<laughs> the scarf is 40 years old. Because <laughs> he did it for seven years, and which is how long the guys did Spicks and Specs for. Right. And so when Peter Davison came on, it's like, what? How dare right. you? Even though he was the fourth doctor, if, like, you know, I was, I would have been 10 when Tom Baker changed to right. Peter Davison, and it was a huge change. Well, because it had been almost all of your life, though. Yeah. Yeah. And But the other, like, the other thing is with Doctor Who's, like, they, you know, they change creative teams as well. So it's like, it's not just the actor that changes. It's, you know, the whole style of the show can change sometimes right. when they change. What do you think is going to happen in this, like, new... Do you have any predictions of, like, where you think they're going? What sort of direction they're going? I... Because, you know, you can get really bogged down in spoilers and looking at things online. And I just go, you know what? I'll just watch it when it's on. Right. And see how I feel about it after, like, the fifth time I've watched it. Yeah, <laughs> No, I know what you mean. Such a nerd. Because <laughs> no, okay. I reckon last series of Sherlock, for example, mm. like I watched that. Like as soon as it came out, I wanted to mm. watch it because I'm such a fan of that show. And I and I said to Justin after I watched it the first time, I was kind of like, it was good. I think I think it was really good. Mm. I don't know if I thought I enjoyed it as much as the previous series. Yeah. But now I've watched like each episode two or three times back, and it's pretty complex and layered. And there's yeah, a lot yeah, of stuff yeah. that. Like, the more you watch it, the more you go, oh, that's pretty clever. Oh, that's, that's pretty funny. But like, that's because Moffat is such a nerd, and yeah. he knows that... Like, I remember Russell T. Davis saying something about this when he was making Doctor Who. He said, you know what? The nerds are going to watch them three or four times, even if they hate them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's what they point. do. <laughs> So you've got to put a couple of things in there right. for them to go, oh, it's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that being part of it. Like, yeah, right. That they're going to watch it over and over again, even if it's a shit one. That's a good... That, I didn't even think of that. That's absolutely right. <laughs> so, yeah, and I think Moffat does that with, with especially with Sherlock. He just goes, you know what? And because they're such big, meaty, you right. know, they're 90 minutes or whatever it is. So you can watch it like a movie over and over again. Oh, yeah, you can. And, and they have the complexity to tease out a story. Yeah, yeah, And the yeah. fact that they're only telling three stories means that they can, mm. you know, have an over, you know, an arc across the, the series, which I think is, is fun. I enjoyed, though... Because obviously the the wedding episode uh, in this late series. I haven't series. watched this one. Have you not watched it yet? No. I'm not gonna give spoilers, but one uh, one of them like it's almost like it's very comic. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and you, it's almost like they're going, you know, all right, well, it's series three. We're going to show yeah. you what else you know. Yeah. Is in this where else it can go? I quite enjoyed it. I was like, anyway, it's a good series. I hope they keep making it. There's um my favorite series at the moment is um obsessed. With the true detective. Oh, oh, I haven't seen the last two of those. Oh, uh, so I haven't <laughs> seen the last one yet. Right. Because I'm in Adelaide and, and yeah, yeah, we're yeah. in the same hotel and it has the fucking world's shittiest internet. Oh, it's, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Yesterday I just had to sit in here for three hours watching my computer to upload the episode I put up yesterday. <laughs> I hope you people appreciate this shit. <laughs> Recording it's fun. Yeah. Watching my computer for three hours. Spinny wheel, spinny wheel. So, yeah, no, I haven't watched the last two, but I just... Because I watched the first one, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll watch this. This will be, you know... I'll see what... I'll watch the first couple, see how I go. First couple I liked. First couple I was like, I like the acting. Yeah. It's a bit slow moving. Mm. It's a bit traditional, but I really like the acting. It reminded me of the first series of True Blood, which had 
amazing endings to episodes where you go, oh my god, and then, oh, we're going to do 50 minutes of character development now. Yeah. (laughs) And then, episode three, it just fucking blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just keeps getting more and more interesting. If you had told me, like, say, four years ago, that those two stoners... Would Seriously. be in my favourite TV show this it's year. Fucking ridiculous! I would have said, "Go away!" I would not watch anything with McConaughey and Harrelson. That's ridiculous. This, this is why time travel can never fucking work. <laughs> because, like, if you went back ten years <laughs> and said, "You know who's uh, the two, two of the best actors in the entire world?" Huh? Sandra Bullock and Matthew McConaughey. They would be like Miss Congeniality and Surfer Dude. Fuck off. <laughs> Like, I know. And, uh, you know, the, you, the only sad thing about um, McConaughey um, winning all these awards is that he keeps, giving he keeps talking. I know. It doesn't help. I do. Like, I don't want to hear him. Like, it's he's horribly mentally, like, terribly. I don't know what he is, but I don't want to hear him talk. I, Just but act. I kind of like it because I kind of feel like all of his speeches are outtakes from... True Detective when he's got the long right. hair and he's in the, in the, in the FBI. <laughs> just telling those long ass stories like, where is this going? Right. They probably <laughs> just got him talking. They probably just got him to improv those bits and I, wrote around it. I feel like they did. <laughs> That's how they came up with the story. They just, they just logged him in a room and said, you spout your gibberish. Here's a packet of cigarettes and a six can of The most interesting shit that comes out of it. We'll create a story around that. <laughs> Sometimes, like when he's giving one of those speeches, oh I'm like, God. oh, he's just he, like, if he had the crazy long hair and he, and he was smoking and had a can of beer, you'd yeah. go, yeah, 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 this acceptance speech is awesome. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I get it. You're, you're, you're your own hero 10 years in the future. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Makes complete sense. I love but then 10 years later, he's still 10. Oh, no, that's a good speech. Well done. So, for anyone who's got an imaginary hero who's themselves, you in ten years right now is saying stop fucking talking. Don't make stupid to, to be a conversation with a booper healthy me. And I always loved it. Like I loved it the first time he did the all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Like you're like, oh that's pretty funny, but then he's like, now it's just like the I didn't do it kid. Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> it's all fucking catchphrases. You know, it's like a, it's like an episode of Saturday Night Live. You're like, come on. I know, because that's one of those weird things that happens when you... Obviously, he's changed agents or something at some point and has gone from being offered roles where he stands around in his pants and nothing else to being offered these kinds of things. And, yeah, his new agent has not had the foresight to go, oh, maybe we should stop you talking out loud. (laughs) Because <laughs> you do still sound like a weird half-dressed stoner. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose if you're acting well enough, you can be whatever you want to be at that yeah. point. But it is like that. It was such a contrast to see like he wins Best Actor and fucking spouts that nonsense at the Oscars, <laughs> and Kate Blanchett wins Best Actress and just gets up and like you know she should be just let's just fucking send her to the UN to fix everything. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. Like, let's just get her in a room. She could do anything. She can sell Tim Tam. She could do whatever. <laughs> Have you seen that that Tim Tam ad is now this viral thing in the States? No. Remember that she did the Tim Tam ad years and years ago? I can't remember that. It was the Tim Tam ad where she's rubbing the lamp and the genie comes out. Is that Kate Blanchett? Are you fucking serious? Yeah, yeah, with the endless packet of Tim Tams. 
That was Kate Blanchett. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on the internet. It's like I know now... that, Was it Naomi Watts who wouldn't go on a date with Tom Cruise? Yeah, that was Naomi Watts. Yeah, right. In the, okay. in the lamb In the lamb Because mum was making a lamb roast. Right. You can't go on the time. Yeah. But I didn't know there was Kate Blanchett yeah. with the Tim Tams. With What's-His-Face from E Street was the other dude. Which one? <laughs> the... Oh, he was one of the good-looking ones. They were all good-looking in E Street. Not Marcus Graham. No. And not Wheel. Not he Bruce Samazan. Not Bruce Samazan. <laughs> And not, not Mr. Not, Bad. Not Harley <laughs> and not Mr. Bad, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> he was I think he was the one that went out with Tony Pierre and in the show for a while. Oh, okay, it's, sure. You know, see I know. she I don't remember any of her storylines either. No. <laughs> it's like home and away, they have these attractive people with no storylines because they can't act. <laughs> they just stand around holding a surfboard. <laughs> up going to America and getting good jobs though yeah like it's a it's a it's a factory home in a way it is like I was just looking it's like working at McDonald's right it's a really good grounding (laughs) for learning how to work in a real job right (laughs) oh I don't have to do anywhere near that much shit now (laughs) I nearly burn my hands off every day (laughs) home in a way or as Australian actors call it TAFE (laughs) that's a good point actually uh, so Charlie's on home right now. So yeah. I, I mean, I, I have been trying to watch it occasionally to see Charlie, but every time I turn it on, Charlie's not in a scene and I don't know what's going on. Oh, it's, it's serious young people and there seems to be some gang who've drawn on their tattoos. Oh, no, the makeup artists draw those. They <laughs> <laughs> can't do it themselves. <laughs> no, my, I watched the 90-minute bombing special because oh, yeah. Tasma was on it and she, oh. she blew up She blew up Summer Bay. Tasma did? Yes. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. This is, she was evil and she was clearly a little... Sorry, for the listeners who don't know who Tasma is, he's Rove's wife. Rove's yes. been on the podcast plenty of times, so people know him. His wife blew up. Yeah. Oh my God, we could, have got, we could have got Charlie back on the podcast because of Rove's wife. <laughs> Rove, send her in. Blow up the bay. Charlie can come back. She was, she was clearly a little bit pregnant at the time. Right. She was, there was a lot of holding things in front of her stomach. What was her character? She was, um, because I, I, I hadn't been watching right. it, I just watched the 90 minute one, but clearly she was, what was evil. Her, what was her problem? Why did you want to blow up the bay? Oh, they, they don't paint things in shades of grey in Home and Away. She was bad. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, no, well, that, that clears it up. She was trying to kill one particular person, yeah. I think, who had, you know, usurped her in a love triangle, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and she put, like, a bomb in a backpack right. and left it somewhere. And then people kept taking the backpack around from place to place. So you're like, oh, this place is going to blow up. Oh, no, now they're taking it to there. Oh, now it's in the hospital. <laughs> so it just is... <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> so it was, like, a comedy of errors almost. Yeah. Like... <laughs> of explosion. <laughs> There was a music festival going on. What? At yeah, I know. And people just were picking up a bag that did not belong to them yeah. and kept taking. I was like, oh, I think this is so and so's bag. I'll take it to the diner. Oh, it's so and so's bag. They're at the music festival. I'll take it down there. Oh no, this is Thingy's bag. I'll take it to the hospital. And not the hospital. And not. Point. And not one of those people was like, should we check inside the bag no. to see whose bag it is? Well, it was a kid's bag? Right. <laughs> so all they would have found is a mouldy banana. One would imagine. No, but. Wasn't there a bomb in there? There was a bomb in there. Right, so they should have looked in there. That's what I'm saying. No, but it was a kid's bag, so you don't want to open it because it could be a six-week-old lunch. Kids don't, don't clean out their bags. Right. They're but, terrifying. I mean... <laughs> the logic is sound. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> you taught me around. <laughs> I, had a, I had a kid living in my house for six years. I right. know. You never open the bag. It's terrifying. I mean, that is a good point. You, <laughs> I, I certainly was someone who would... Uh, it's, it's a weird thing as a kid, isn't it? Where, like, if you don't eat your lunch, somehow you just leave it down the you bottom don't throw of your it away. bag. Like, it's like... <laughs> Because you've been taught, don't throw away good food. So right. just leave it in your bag until it goes bad and someone else can throw it away. <laughs> Such a weird thought process. Kid logic is the best. Yeah. <laughs> what other things surprised you about having a kid around the house in regard to logic like that? What's a, what's another thing like that? The school bag one's really interesting to me. Um, the oh, Just the, you know, grown-up talk. <laughs> You forget how much grown-up talk you do. Oh, you do. Like, and yeah. do. And do they pick it up quickly, no, do you think? It's, it's not even that. It's just you kind of... You go to say something and you're like, oh, I won't talk about that now. Okay. <laughs> right. I'll wait till someone's gone to bed and then we can have that conversation. Right. <laughs> also, this, I didn't realise there were so many fascinating things about Minecraft. Oh, <laughs> So, now, Minecraft is like a video game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like... It sounds so old when I talk about video games. When you say video games. When I say video games. (laughs) What do they call call them these days? It's just games. Games. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, what are the old games then? Oh, board games. Board games. Oh, they've had to... They're the ones. Because video games are now the main games. Yeah, they're games. Board games now have to have the the suffix. Yeah. Or whatever it would be, the prefix, yeah, sorry, not the suffix. The, qu- the qualifier. The qualifier, that's what it is. I knew it was neither of the things I said. Neither of those weird Latin terms. Yeah. But yeah, so, okay, right, okay, so games, when people yeah. are gaming, Minecraft is a game. Yeah. What What, what is Minecraft? Have you played well, Minecraft? Well, yeah, I've watched. It's, it's, as far as I can work it out, it's kind of like virtual Lego. Oh, okay, yeah. And so you build things out of these blocks yep. and then you you can have fights with people or you can just build your little empire I don't know he, he was obsessed with making holes in the ground and then covering them over so people would fall in that was all he seemed to want to do well, fair enough. He's, a, he's a prankster yeah. he'll be the next Ashton Kutcher oh yeah his favourite show is Prank Patrol oh yeah right he got so excited when I told him that I knew someone that was working on Prank Patrol <laughs> Scott Brennan was writing this prank patrol and we used to do a podcast together. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, my friend writes for prank patrol. How oh, can I meet him? It's like, no, because when we get together, we do a podcast where we talk about bum sex all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> don't even tell him his name. No. He's like, oh, I should download this podcast. Yeah, I'm going to Google him. They might be tall. They are talking about holes that you can fall into. But... <laughs> I, I, got, I got asked to do like an education thing once for... Um, about teaching kids how to podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. That's yeah. great. And then I went, no, no, I can't do that. No, because then they will listen to your podcast. Yeah, yeah. I don't do any podcast that people over well, between the ages of 20 and 80 should listen to. It's interesting what you say about that, though, because I get asked to do, like, you know, go and t- talk at a school or whatever mm. all the time, or, uh, but I, I never do it. I never no. do it. And, like, it's not because, you know, I don't think there would be, but I just talk about so many things in my act and my world and stuff that if anyone wanted to kind of pick through and make also, a big deal about it. you're not it, the one that would get in trouble. No. It'd be the teacher. Right. Or the education department or like it's, it would never come back on, on you. It would always be someone else's fault. Right. Someone would lose their job because you were stupid enough to say yes. Yes. <laughs> 
no, but that's right. And uh, you must think about that a little bit with the ABC thing because uh, what people would, might not understand is that at the ABC, they have a lot of different rules. Oh my God, and, that uh, book. Well, talk people's rules. <laughs> There's a book you get. It's called the Editorial Policy Guide or Ed Polls, as they call it, because they're groovy and they're up with young people talk. And it's massive. It's like a folder. And because the ABC covers so many different areas, the folder has TV broadcasting and radio broadcasting and journalism and yeah, yeah, you know, you, I could never be across the whole thing. No. And I used to, you know, I already worked at a place which had a lot of restrictions. I worked at the same place that killed a nurse at some yeah. point. So we had a lot of rules. I mean, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> They were involved. They were somehow involved. They dug the hole and covered it over. Yeah, and she fell in. Yeah, she fell in. Like, yeah, is it, it was a tragic situation. It was but, a tragic you know, situation. we had to have a lot of extra training yeah. out of that. So, yeah, when I, when I got to the ABC, there's, like, they go, there's all these things you can't do. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I've done like four times the training of anyone. Yeah, but what about like your online presence and those sort yes. of things? Because you become, when you're an ABC person, mm. like there is a real thing where like they that higher standards are expected because yes. you're at the ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Well, I've interpreted it. <laughs> I don't even know what the C stands for. I worked there for 15 years. It was, when I was a kid, it was commissioned. Yeah, that's right. Was part of the that's government. what it always, yeah. That's what I always think, but it's a corporation now. Yeah, yeah, they made it a corporation so they could sell it and then they never sold it. Oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> But no, the, uh, yeah, the, the, what I take from that, from my responsibility is that I can't, if I'm representing myself as from Spicks and Specs, mm-hmm. so for instance, if I'm talking about it, if I've got the hashtag, right. then those tweets or those posts have to be above board. Yeah. But if I'm not mentioning it, then yeah, stuff it. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting, and I think that's that, my attitude. Well, but I think that should be your attitude as yeah. well, because that's my attitude, because yeah. it doesn't stop me from no. doing what I want to do. But um, Also, I think, why, why did they hire me if they didn't right. want the filthy mess that comes with me? <laughs> You're like, well, if shit goes down, you just be, guys, I'd like to refer you to the parable of the Samaritan and the snake. <laughs> the snake. <laughs> You knew I was an outrageous poof when you picked me up. <laughs> Talks about rimming and stuff. <laughs> I've always been that guy. There was plenty of evidence out there. You could have downloaded my podcast. Just watch the outtakes of my TV show. <laughs> or just... <laughs> just talk to me. Just have a conversation. <laughs> At some point I'm going to talk about being bummed off. <laughs> Remember I talked about it when we were signing the contract? <laughs> Remember I made that analogy between, yeah, you not using any lube or um, for me to fill in this contract? Yeah. Remember, remember when I said, you were really fucking me in the ass on this, and I know, because I've been fucking the ass. Do you remember that? It's fair warning. That's, that's, yeah, so that's my other. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a fair point. Yeah. I think that's a fair point. I like it. But, you know, I also take my responsibility seriously in that I... 
that's not what they've hired me to do. Like, I'm not no, there to... No, no, they haven't talk. hired you to be that person. Yeah. They've hired you to be... Which I think is actually one of the great things about the show. I mean, I don't know if I should say this out loud, but anyway, I'll say it out loud. Here it is. <laughs> um, I had never watched an entire episode of Spicks and Specs before I watched an episode that you guys did the other night. I've mm. never watched it through. Not because I love all the people who are involved in yeah, the old yeah. show. It's just not my sort of show. Yeah. So... In the past, I'd always like watch a bit of it, but then I'd kind of just be like, this is just not, my, you know, not, not and what was, I'm And was it one to. of those things you would dip in depending who the guests were? you go, oh, I like so-and-so, I'll watch, you know, half an hour or No, minutes. you know what, it's just no, never was one of those shows yeah. that compelled me. Like, I mean, it was on for how long? Seven years. And, yeah. I, and I never went on it. And like, it, was on, I was, it was on for 40 weeks a year. Right. Ridiculous. And I never once was a guest on the, on, on the show. Like, Neither was Tom Gleason. Yeah. But now we've had him on twice. No. Yeah, people used to think I hosted the fucking show, and I've never <laughs> even been on the show. Like, never, ever. It's just not my thing. But I, watched, I was never on Good News Week. But I watched you guys the other night, and I was like, oh, you know what, it's got a different vibe to it. And, yeah, I, yeah, and, yeah. and I really, you know, I, I enjoyed watching the whole episode. So, um, I guess the thing that I was, uh, oh, fuck, what was I going to say? There was some point to what I was going to say then, but I, it probably doesn't matter. It's just, you know, it's my job now. I yeah. like it. Oh, no, that's what I was... Uh, that was exactly what I was about to say. Good. I remember now. Well done. Thank you. You brought me back from the darkness. I appreciate that. Anytime. I fell down a hole that I didn't see. And, uh, I'm Sorry, I'm going to back up again. Sorry, over it. Yeah. Uh, is that it gets... It, it shows... Like, when you were doing the radio in particular, mm. you were almost... You were being paid to be, like, the fabulous, you yeah. know, Adam Richard, the showbiz bitch, you know, the kind of come in and make us... Sn- and, yeah. I, and I talked for three and a half minutes. Right. <laughs> Whereas on this, you get to show another part of your personality, mm. which is your knowledge of music and, like, being able to work... Yeah, and being in that situation of being, being able to work with people and be funny. Being interested in stuff. Whereas right. I felt like with the gossip thing, your job is to not really be that interested right. you have to be it's almost like you're being dismissive of things yeah you have to be surface level on everything yeah it's like oh Kim Kardashian what is she thinking look what she's wearing like you know it's it's uh... right instead of being able to say hey Kim Kardashian what is she thinking what are you thinking Kim yeah <laughs> yeah. No, but also even on that panel on Spicks and Specs this mm. is what I would think is when you go on as a comedian your job is to just you know be funny yeah. like really that's your job but when you're the team captain, if you've got someone interesting on, you can help them be funny. You can yeah, help the yeah. musician be interesting or ask them questions or like be in that environment. I yeah, think, yeah, probably. that's what I love about it. Yeah. Also, I love just doing the research. I love the, like the research basically involves, you know, reading up about the people who are coming on, listening to their music, or if you, you know, they're a stand up, just going, oh yeah, I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> I know what Tom Payson does, I'm fine. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed that. Also, because for 10 years, I was force-fed Katy Perry and Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. And when you get in the car to go home, like I was talking to Danny McGinley about this the other day, and you just don't want to hear music right. for at all. Right. So I would listen to like movie soundtracks and things, so yeah. like orchestral stuff, because I didn't want to hear people screaming at me. And no, I understand that. I mean, I, yeah. I know it's such an old person thing to say, to say that that stuff's not music, but it's barely fucking music. Like some, <laughs> occasionally one or two of the tracks, you're like, oh, you're yeah, okay. Like, this yeah. is kind of interesting or whatever. But fucking Katy Perry. Oh, like, no, I like Katy no, you Perry. Don't. No, you don't. You shouldn't. <laughs> She's terrible. She's everything that's wrong with music and everything. 
She's everything that's wrong with everything. She's terrible. She wears way too much makeup. Oh, she wears way... T- whatever. I was going to say she wears way too much. She doesn't wear enough. I don't... Whatever. She can wear what she, she likes. ridiculously but, large breasts. Oh, that, that annoys me too. Because I feel like that's part of the reason that people are like putting up with the fact that she's not that good at anything. I mean, she's essentially the crazy frog with tits. That is what she is. Somebody has given the crazy frog a breast a breast job and whacked on some makeup. That's why there's so much makeup. That's why her she and Russell crazy frog. That's why Russell and her broke up. One day he's walked into the bathroom before she's put on the makeup in the morning and he realised he's been banging the crazy frog for nine months. Either that or she was trying to get his tadpoles out of him. Oh man. It's just terrible music. I just like, I don't mind a bit of pop music. Like, if I'm going to go a bit of pop music, I'll go, you're like, I don't mind a bit of Pharrell or, like, I love Justin Pharrell. Timberlake I've or something like that. Pharrell. Yeah, I always think of that as more kind of solely right. R&B. But that's kind of my pop. Like, if I was going to go, like, yeah. pop, I'm, I can't Katy Perry is, like, pure pop. Oh, like my God. Yeah. Like, it's just... Like, it's not, like, Eurovision. Like, there's bad pop. Right. <laughs> there's evil pop. I mean, well, she's been very successful. Yeah, she's good pop. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you because know, I yeah I, I didn't listen to anything for ages, and now every time someone comes on the show, I'll, I'll get their CD or their I'll download it off the internet, the iTunesy thing. But like we had a guy on called Joseph Tawadros the other day, who's uh he plays the oud, like it's a Middle Eastern stringed instrument. Thing. Uh-huh. And so I was listening to that, and I may have made a joke about cab drivers on the show when he was on anyway. Oh. <laughs> so that'll, that'll be insane. <laughs> They've probably fucking locked him in Christmas Island. Yeah. <laughs> he made so coming many out of, of our country. He made so many of those playing jokes. our oots. <laughs> he's, he's, he's Egyptian. He's born here. <laughs> but, yeah, he like his album was great, and right. I'm like, I would never have thought to listen to that. Uh-huh. Like, it's not. I'm not really a world music kind of guy. I went to WOMAD yesterday. That was good. Oh, you know what? I've never been to WOMAD before. It's the World Music Festival yeah, they have yeah. here in Adelaide. And uh, I went and saw uh, Megan Washington in the afternoon. And she's not particularly she's world music, but she's very good. And yeah. she was playing some new songs. And it was like, you know, in this speaker's corner, everyone's like, you know, laying around on like bean bags and, you know, chairs and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's proper. It's all hippies and like yeah. world music people. And then I was going to go and see Arrested Development last night. They were headlining. Yeah. But um, my show went late, so I, didn't, I just didn't get there in time. I was like, I was quite up for a bit of, you know, <laughs> everyday people, Mr. Wendell, Mr. you know. <laughs> And not really knowing anything they've done since then. <laughs> I'd be the drunk guy just going, play Mr. Wendell again! <laughs> Mr. Wendell! I love how you think you'd be the only one. <laughs> I don't know, I got the impression that, because world music is interesting to me, because world music, like you go to a world music festival, and it's such a beautiful festival, mm. like they had drinks everywhere, they had all these lounges, you know, areas, but essentially it's, the, the bands are all playing on stage and then there'll be massive gaps because it's so sunny in, yeah. here in Adelaide. There'll be massive gaps in the front of the stage and everybody's just back under the trees like <laughs> sitting around and lazing because it's world music. Like you don't have to be up the front. Like it'd be terrible for the performers because essentially yeah. you're doing your gig and everyone's just sitting back under trees. miles away. But, for, for, but it's like that sort of music. It's background music. It's yeah. dinner party music. It's, it's so... So That's how they should do it. What they should have is, a progressive dinner party and all the world music guys just play in the background. When you say the background music, I just imagine that you go in through the doors or a, a lift. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like everyone just standing around uncomfortably. Oh. 
Don't fart. <laughs> uh, welcome to Lift Fest. I'll just... It's a small day out. It's the opposite of the big day out. It's just... It's just there's only capacity for 23 people. Yeah, 23 Actually, 21, people. you're quite fat. Right. To be honest, uh, Arcade Fire are playing later, so there's room for two. Because we have to get the whole band in. We actually have to do the polyphonic spree in two trips. <laughs> lift fest. Now all I can think of is Dom Draper in his lift. <laughs> so much of Mad Men takes place in a lift. Yeah, why is that? Is that a metaphor of some kind? Probably. It's probably a metaphor. I love I love how we give good shows. Like, you know, it's like anytime in a good show you just go, oh yeah, it's probably yeah, it's on probably purpose. Metaphor. That thing that yeah. happened, probably that or, thing. Or that it's really cheap to film in a lift. Right. <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't take much to make one. Right. Yeah. And you'd say that they're just like, well, the building's got a lift. <laughs> yeah. And we might well, as well film in there. Or maybe it's just a New York thing. So they're in New York and there's a lot of tall buildings and so there's a lot of lifts. Yeah, I guess that's it's probably... Just expedient. Yeah, right. I just keep thinking about that. Remember that whole thing with him and Linda Cardellini's character and they were always bumping into each other in the lift? Mm-hmm. And I was like, surely... Like, there's a lot of people living in that building. How oh. are they be the only ones in the lift so often? <laughs> were they were they on the same level? I can't remember. Were the, were the houses were on the same level though, right? The apartments were on the same level. No, they were on different levels. Oh, they were on different levels. And then then they used to do it in the maids' quarters. Mm. So they he used to have to go down the back lift, like yeah. the, the service elevator. Right, so to speak. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, right? Come down the back lift in the um, service elevator. I used to find that fascinating that the, the maid had her own room and she was never in there because the wife was in there. <laughs> Chained up for a day with a shit book. <laughs> I haven't seen uh, old mate John Ham, uh, Donnie D, around in LA. I saw him once at a gig. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, this is cool. Donnie, Donnie D comes to the gigs. I'll, I'll get to meet him at some stage. But since then, I haven't seen him at any gigs. Isn't he like, you know, kind of happily married living? Yeah, apparently he's very happily married. But he, like, he, he, he He's mates with all the dudes on the comedy scene and stuff. And yeah. apparently, like, there was a point where they were all doing quite well and he was still kind of just a job and actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's been quite... And he's been quite... Kept his old friends sort of yeah. thing, you know what I mean? And so apparently you see him around a bit, but I haven't... I want to. <laughs> I would love that. I know Michael Sheen was at a gig uh, that I did that was a really good gig. <laughs> and so I like the idea. <laughs> one of your gigs and Don Honey was there. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In LA, I'm like, ah, oh, well, I didn't come all the way across the world to see the guy from Offspring. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I read in today's paper, he's just been cast in a new American Yeah, thing, I so know. That's, uh, yeah, that's fine. He's like so. a big deal now. Big deal now. I watched well, that... that's why I was at Peter, uh, well, how much of this story am I allowed to tell? Uh, <laughs> somebody, oh, fuck. <laughs> I know that something I did Mm. probably got watched by Ben Affleck recently. That's about as much as I can say. I don't want to give away someone else's story. But I just like that idea that at some stage I was like, okay, well, that's, you know, I did, Affleck. But, you know, is he paying attention or is he yelling oh, at the kids? He probably wasn't even in the room. I was in the thing for 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> he, probably, he probably missed my entire bit. <laughs> Not have even been there. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck knows? <laughs> or he, he might have walked through and he'd be like, everything about this was good apart from that 30 seconds. <laughs> that 30 seconds ruined my day. 
I can tell that guy doesn't approve as me as Batman. I mean, he's not completely upset about it because he understands they're not taping over the old movies, but he's still not really into it. I'm, I'm into Ben Affleck as Batman. I would be into it if Ben Affleck was directing the Batman film. Oh, that would be awesome. I would be totally happy to see... Yeah, I'm not mad for Zack Snyder. Uh, I think he's terrible. Yeah. And secondly, I, I think I that... feel weird saying this that Justin may just pop up from under your doona and just start screaming at me. <laughs> no, 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 because the thing that we all know about Justin is that he... Uh, and it's one of his best qualities. But, like, if Justin tells me a movie's good or if Justin tells me that something mm. is good, it doesn't mean that it's good. No. Well, it doesn't mean that I won't, that I will like it. Yeah. It, it, he, he gives things a pretty good chance. Yes. Like, he, he's the sort of critic that you'd want mostly coming to see your stuff because yes. he's very willing to be into something. Yeah. And I think that's a really good quality, like, to w- want to be into something. Yeah. But sometimes it does, like, blind him to the terrible there's, fucking mistakes. There's also, he has, like, a little... Which we all do. He I has, mean. like, a little tiny line. It's like a hair trigger. Mm. And this... This one thing will make him go, nah, that is shit. Yeah. It's like, no, no, there's all these really, no, 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 I can't deal with it. Right. I can't, I can't look at it. It's awful. I'm not. <laughs> so I reckon Zack Snyder is terrible, but I also think that Ben Affleck is uh, the best director of Ben Affleck. Yes. I think that he's great in stuff that he directs himself. Yes. And a lot of the time when other people direct him, he's a bit terrible. No, no, no. I thought he was really good playing uh, George Reeves in Hollywoodland which oh, yeah. he didn't direct okay that was alright he was really good yeah in but he's been pretty much terrible in everything else yeah well but some of those had Jay Love in them you can't oh <laughs> did you see did you see that thing with Justin Timberlake where they was like runner runner or whatever what the fuck the fuck guys was that like a holiday? Is that what that was? That was that was uh, Michael Caine doing Jaws Four. It was. For Revenge it was just because like, it was in the Bahamas. Bahamas. <laughs> I bet they. Didn't, I bet they fucking didn't pay tax on any of the no. money they made in that film. They each got their own offshore accounts. Essentially, they just filmed a documentary of what they were actually doing. They were hoping they're doing something terribly illegal. They thought they were doing Ocean's Fifteen. <laughs> sold to them like the like the third Fast and Furious <laughs> I'll, I'd like to see Ocean's 12 Years a Slave that's my new movie uh, <laughs> the crossover <laughs> that's a matchup it's got Brad Pitt yeah. <laughs> imagine that he'd been signed on to 12 Years a Slave because he mistakenly thought he it was an the, Ocean's movie he saw the number and just said yeah yeah I'll do that <laughs> Movies with numbers in them, they've been really good to me. I thought we'd already done 12. (laughs) Oh, well, this is sadder than I remember. (laughs) When do we get together and try to rip off a casino? Angie, are you in this one? Oh, Julia again. (laughs) Well, Adam, it has been delightful to talk to you. That's a... That's about the amount of time because I don't want to. Yeah. I, I want to be able to load it. That's yeah. basically. <laughs> literally, I was like, if we do an hour, I might be able to actually load it. If we do much more than that, I'm gonna be fucked. It's only been an hour. It's been an hour. It says an hour. It's uh, about fifteen minutes. So people, uh, people can find you on the the internet. Yeah, um, AdamRichard.com. Uh, what about on Twitter? The at Adam Richard. Are you on Facebook? Uh, Facebook.com slash Fabulous Adam Richard. Um, <laughs> anywhere else? Can they find you anywhere else? They can find you at Spicks and Specs, 8.30 Wednesday night, ABC1. Yes, or on the iView. iView, which is, they've just uh, renovated. They've redone. renovated the iView. And because we're an ABC production, we don't have to go back to... Um, the, back to the house we came from after a fortnight. We just lived there. Oh, so they, they can watch all the episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah, you're yeah. Saying. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Yes, Anyone right. in Australia who can't... ABC iView, 
like all the shows there, particularly the ABC mm. ones, as you said, you can watch all the episodes yeah, of whenever. Awesome. I've just been catching up on the Moody's, which I... Oh my God, love. how good is the Moody's? Oh, it's so good. I was just... It's, it's so one of those shows where I was watching it the other night going, and I know that this is a terrible thing to say to creative people. Yeah. I could watch it every week. Yes. Whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. Like, it's one of those shows, which is really rare, that even on, say, an episode where... You just don't notice how often it was funny. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. always like spending time with the cast. You always find it kind of funny. The characters are also well drawn and well acted. That it's just constantly fucking I entertaining. I find you know what I love? I've, like Patrick Bremel's character is horrific. Horrific. Like he's such You'd an hate asshole. him in real life. But I love him. He's a genius. Though. I want to make out with him. He's, <laughs> oh, he's got a bit of fucking. He's got a bit of your type about him. That character. He's got a bit of dirty suburbs about yeah. him. You like that? You do love that shit. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be a great twist later in the series when you come on and he decides to experiment. <laughs> but I just, he's so compelling. Like I'm just like, how can you be such a dickhead? A useless dickhead. And I love you. I mean, I think that that actor, if that, people have not seen Paddy Bramall and stuff, he's also great in Upper Middle Bogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was Rupert Murdoch. I and, know. And he made that character charming and sympathetic. I know. I, I, I found that confronting wanting to root Rupert Murdoch. Oh, man. He basically, <laughs> he basically did what they should have been able to do with uh, Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you understood yes. yeah, that before he became Darth Vader that he was like all the things that made him become yeah. Darth Vader were kind of charming and interesting and mm. exciting at the start. Like you're there when Rupert Murdoch's risking his entire empire yeah, yeah, yeah. on these big fucking decisions and you're like, you've got yeah, fucking come balls, on, man. Come on, Rupert. I hope you win this yeah. so you can control all media and get your <laughs> evil messages out to the rest of the fucking planet. That's how good an actor he is, that he yeah. got me fucking barracking. It was like I was watching early young Hitler going, oh my God, he's a good public speaker. I hope you keep going with this young Hitler. Forget your art, get into the public speaking. That young Hitler movie with Robert Carlyle and you're like, oh, I feel sorry for Hitler just because he's shit. Oh, Shitler. <laughs> Shitler. <laughs> that was the original title of that. And he kicks the puppy. <laughs> Oh, Shitler! Oh, Shitler. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm currently in Adelaide uh, during the, doing the Adelaide Fringe Festival. This might go up before Monday. Uh, all the shows have been sold out this week, uh, but Monday night I do the long show. It's the only night that I don't have a show after me, so, oh, so just I'm going to try to run everything. So, so far I've done six shows, and I've not done everything that I want to do in, in it like you know I haven't got right. everything out in one of them yet oh my God. so on Monday night I'm going to try to get everything that I've done so far out <laughs> that I think might go in the show and then after that start making some decisions so if you want to come and see a longer show that'll be fun on Monday night uh, at the Garden of Unearthly Delights in the Vagabond and then yeah I'm there for the rest of the week it's selling pretty quick so you'd want to get in if you want to come and see those shows uh, then off to Brisbane for the Brisbane Comedy Festival and then Melbourne for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Will you be doing shows in Melbourne? I'm doing The Shelf on Mondays with Justin oh, Hamilton. Yes, and I'm, so I will be, be doing there. The Shelf. Uh, I'm doing Gay Apocalypse. Yes, so the at show the, you've been doing here in Adelaide. Yeah, at the Melbourne Town Hall. I'm at the Comics Lounge for a couple of weeks emceeing. I will be so you're taking some time off while you're... Specs. Right. I will be doing the... <laughs> Fan fiction, fiction comedy. comedy one night. I've just agreed to do Lords of Luxury one night. <laughs> right. 
So you really... Over 22 days, I think yeah. I'm doing eight different shows. Turns out you do a lot when you don't get up early in the morning. Yeah, I'm staying up all night. I, yeah, I know. Well, that's what I love about the festival, because yeah. I'm, I'm the same as you. From when I start in Melbourne, I don't have a night off, because I'm doing the shelf on my nights yeah. off. We've got fan fiction, set list, all those sort of shows. So, it. But it's great. Like, that's, I did comic strip last night with um, Asha Trelevin and uh, the burlesque girls. It was so much fun. Yeah, it's fun to do all those shows. Yeah. So... Um, Definitely check them out. If you're in Adelaide, check out the Rhino Room late shows. They're always fun as well. Yeah, yeah I did that the other night. That was um, and uh, then I'll be back in the States. Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis, Portland uh, for the Bridgetown Comedy Festival, and then back in Sydney for Illuminati at the Sydney Comedy Festival. Uh, we've added an extra show in Chatswood, and uh, the two uh, more shows are almost sold out. So if you want to come and see those, my Sydney shows for the Comedy Festival, um, you'd want to get in pretty quick for that. Uh, Adam, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast for the Any first time. time. Please uh, come back and do it again in Melbourne between the million things that you are doing. Oh, I'm doing Sydney Comedy Festival as well. Maybe we can catch All right, something. we'll do it then. <laughs> <laughs>